Hello, and welcome to The Board Table, a podcast from the North Carolina School Boards Association. I'm Leanne Winner, the Association's Executive Director and your host. Our goal for this podcast is to equip North Carolina School Board members with the tools and knowledge they need to govern successfully. It's also an opportunity for school administrators, community members, and parents to learn more about the issues currently affecting public education. Welcome back. On this episode of The Board Table, NCSBA Legal Counsel and Director of Policy, Christine Sheaf, provides an update on the Snapchat case. If you missed our first episode on the Snapchat case in April, please be sure to go back wherever you subscribe to podcasts and take a listen. Thank you for that introduction. As Leanne mentioned, I'm here today to update everyone on the Snapchat case. A quick 60-second recap on the facts. A high school sophomore, BL, disappointed that she did not make the varsity cheerleading squad, posted to Snapchat a photo of her and a friend with their middle fingers raised over a profane caption that referenced school and cheer. The photo was taken and posted on a Saturday afternoon off school grounds. Its existence was brought to the attention of the cheerleading coach who suspended BL from the JV cheer team for a full year. The last time we featured this case on the podcast back in April, I was joined by Janine Murphy, our assistant legal counsel, assistant director of policy. At that time, we reviewed the legal history. Put simply, the school board lost at every level. The district court first entered an injunction ordering the school to reinstate BL to the JV cheer team, and then it entered a final judgment for BL. The Third Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed that judgment, and in doing so held that the Tinker Standard did not apply to off-campus behavior. Just as a refresher, the Tinker case acknowledged that students do not shed their rights to free speech or expression when they are at school, but allowed that schools have special leeway when regulating student speech that occurs under its supervision. As a result, a school could discipline student speech or expression if it causes or is reasonably likely to cause substantial disruption of school activities. So that's the case, that's the rule that comes out of the Tinker case. Now, circling back to the Snapchat case, the Supreme Court heard arguments in April and it ruled in June. Like the courts before it, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the student, BL, although it disagreed with the breadth of the Third Circuit's opinion, stating that, quote, a school's license to regulate speech does not always evaporate when it attempts to regulate off-campus speech. The majority in the case suggests that schools may have a substantial interest in regulating a variety of different kinds of off-campus conduct, severe bullying, threats aimed at teachers or students, participation in online school activities, or hacking into school computers. However, the court declined to set forth a broad, highly general First Amendment rule that would explain what counts as off-campus speech and whether and under what and, and how the ordinary First Amendment standards must give way to a school's special need to prevent substantial disruption or the protection of those who make up the school community. Instead, the court mentions, and that's their word, three key features of off-campus speech that diminish the leeway schools enjoy under Tinker. First, students' off-campus speech will generally be the responsibility of students' parents rather than the student's school. As the court put it, schools rarely stand in loco parentis 
that is, stand in the place of a student's parent when the parent cannot guide, protect, or discipline the student in relation to off-campus speech. Second, any regulation of off-campus speech when it's paired with the regulation of on-campus speech would mean that students would be subject to regulation 24 hours a day. That means that courts must be more skeptical of a school's efforts to regulate off-campus speech. For doing so may mean that the student cannot engage in that kind of speech at all. So if, if schools were free to regulate students' off-campus speech, then that would mean that students' um, speech rights would be limited at all times. Third, schools have an interest in protecting unpopular speech and ideas by their students. So taking together these three features of much of off-campus speech, and this is quoting the court specifically, taken together, these three features of much of off-campus speech mean that the leeway the First Amendment grants to schools in light of their special characteristics is diminished. So the court decided to leave for future cases to determine where, when, and how these features mean the speaker's off-campus location will make the critical difference. So they don't set a particular standard or rule for the lower courts to follow in confronting these issues going forward. They just outline the features that they see as being important to consider. Now, the court did apply those features to BL's case, and they highlighted the following facts. First of all, her statement was criticism of the community that she is a part of, and it's criticism that without a doubt would have been protected under the First Amendment if BL were an adult. The court notes that her post was made outside school hours, off the school campus, and that it did not target any individual member of the school community with abusive or vulgar language. I'm not sure whether the cheerleading coach would have agreed with that statement, but that is how the court majority read it. Finally, BL's statement was made using her own personal device, not one owned by the school system, and it was transmitted to her private group of friends. In considering the school's interests, the court found that any interest the school had in punishing the use of vulgarity was weakened considerably by the circumstances of BL's Snapchat post. Again, the things we've already mentioned, it was off campus, it was outside school hours, the school was not standing in loco parentis. There was no reason to believe that the school was in any way responsible for her speech at that time. Given those things, the school's interest um, in punishing use of vulgarity is outweighed by BL's interest in free expression. There was also no evidence in the record of the sort of substantial disruption of the school activity or even team morale that might justify discipline in this instance. So that was an argument that the district made was that they needed to punish this speech because it was disruptive to the cheerleading team, which was a school activity and specifically to the morale of the team. But there just wasn't evidence in the record to substantiate that argument. So given all of those factors, the court agreed that the school violated BL's First Amendment rights. Justice Breyer delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Alito, Sotomayor, Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett joined. Justice Alito also filed a concurring opinion and Justice Gorsuch joined that. And then Justice Thomas filed a dissenting opinion. So that is the majority opinion. We will discuss the ramifications of it and where lo local boards go from here in regulating off-campus speech at the Fall Law Conference. We are very fortunate to have Neil Rainey from Therrington Smith joining us to lead that discussion. Our Fall Law Conference will be held October 13th through 15th in Asheville, and our registration is now open, so we hope to see you there. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. 
it will definitely be interesting to see how this body of law continues to evolve. Again, if you did not hear the board table's first episode on the Snapchat case, I would encourage you to go back and listen to our April edition. Have you ever heard the saying, if you're not at the table, then you're on the menu? Subscribe to this podcast to make sure you always have a seat at the table. If there's a topic you want us to cover in a future episode of The Board Table, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at NCSBA, Facebook at NC School Boards Association, or email us at info at ncsba.org. Until next time.